0: For those of you that are taking notes, Seth's going to change his slide and it's going to say discipleship dating the design. Can everyone say that with me? Discipleship dating the design. So that's what we're looking at this morning. And if you've got a Bible or you're going to, um, now that you've turned your phone onto flight mode and you're going to look up your Bible on your phone, we're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter one. And before we go into that, thank you, Vanessa. Can we give Vanessa a clap for uh, song leading? We're one Heart Church and One Youth is so blessed that One Heart Church is releasing us song leaders these last few weeks. We're so blessed by our church and we want to be a blessing back to our church. So thank you so much, Vanessa, for joining us. And then um, before we we read Genesis chapter one, I'm going to pray and break down some things, and we're going to believe that God can uh, uh, do something powerful. You know what? We might look at empty seats, but I don't I don't care about the empty seat because you're here, and God's got something He wants to say to you. So I want, you, as I pray, I want you to position yourself in a in a, in a a mental state say God what have you got for me because I want to leave this place knowing your truth is that good so right now we're going to pray God we thank you that we're here for a reason that it doesn't matter that a friend might not be here or all these things but we are here for a purpose to hear a message that you have for us that we can uh, pursue the best life that you have for us amen thank you Holy Spirit for meeting with us okay who who started high school recently now that's a pretty exciting time shell has Seth has I remember Darcy telling me last week he got lost at high school, but I remember my I remember my first week at school—not high school, but primary school. My first week, so I went. who, who goes to he went to a public school for primary school. I went to a public school, and it was it's very exciting. So I I drew the spiritual lottery when I uh, grew up. Right? I I am um, So I start this here. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in the spiritual lottery that first of all that I was born in Australia we are so lucky that whether we're born or we now live in Australia we have won the lottery because there'd be people that would l- die to have the life that we have but that's the first thing the second one about that is I grew up in a Christian family my whole life that is winning the lottery like compared to some other people that grew up in other circumstances I am so blessed but because of my up growing, growing up in a Christian family growing up in church there was things that I understood and there were things that I believed that our population doesn't necessarily understand. So I'm at school in, in reception, first week at school, and the vice principal comes and says hello. Now, I didn't really understand what a vice principal was at the time, But this vice principal says, and she wanted to encourage us about our learning. She wanted to inspire us to ask great questions, to get the most out of our learning, right? And so she asked this question, like she's saying, there's so many questions that we don't know. But in school, we get to learn things. And she says, one of the greatest questions we don't know is, who were the first humans? And now me, Josh, growing up in a Christian family, growing up in church, I'm thinking... um, if this school doesn't even know the basic 101 fundamental things, what am I going to learn here? I know that. I'm thinking, that was so easy. What are you talking about with the first humans? Adam and Eve. Anybody knows that? I knew that when I was like plenty before I had to go to primary school. And so I'm thinking, what is this teacher on about? That's the easiest thing to learn. Adam and Eve are the first humans. Do, does anyone agree with that? They think Adam and Eve are the first humans to walk the planet? I believe that. And so, um, and so I'm not sure what they teach at your school these days, but I believe that a majority of people believe in this thing called evolution. Has anyone heard of what evolution is? There's many different theories of how evolution worked, but a lot of people in our culture say that evolution is why you exist. Evolution is how we got here. And, but I've got to say, I fundamentally do not agree with evolution. I, the, I don't believe that I was a monkey that got lucky. I don't believe that. Hey, I'm not going to make you believe what you want to believe, but I don't believe I was a monkey that got lucky. I don't believe... I am the ancestor of a monkey that, at some point, lost its leg feet, uh, leg hands, and got leg feet. I don't believe that happened. I, I, you believe what you want, but I don't believe that I was a monkey that got lucky or some ancestral ape that evolved. I just don't believe that. Um, so, and then if you did, so I don't believe there was some soup that was bubbling, and after millions of years, at the right sequence. Boom! Life came. I just don't believe that. You believe what you want, but I do not believe that. That's how it happened. And so, uh, if you do, if people do believe that, you're just here by mistake, by monkeys changing. I don't. The more I think about that, the more I look into that. I go, life is so sad. Like, what is the point? Because if you're just believing things just happened by chance, monkey this, and then boom, now we're here, w- w- what we're declaring in our internals that we are just a mistake. We are, we are just by, we're here by accident. It was just by chance. Um, and, but I, I fundamentally believe that I was created with a design by God. And so I believe in this thing called creation. And so it's a crazy thing, creation. I believe in creation. And I believe that God um, has a plan, And he had a design. I believe that God was intentional and deliberate with this planet, with our galaxy, with your life. I believe he's got a plan, purpose and a reason for you being on earth in 2022. Right now in this season, it wasn't by chance. I believe there was a strategic uh, element to you being here tonight. And to break that, so why do I believe in creation? Well, as our title said, uh, discipleship, dating, The design and to be a disciple is why I believe in creation because I'm a disciple. Now we're going to break down what is discipleship. What is a disciple? So a disciple is a follower of Jesus. Now, to to be a Christian and to be a disciple of Jesus, we believe some crazy things. And so we're going to break down what being a follower of Jesus looks like if we have forgotten. So first of all, Jesus, Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary. So for those who had done sex ed at school, or if you haven't, it's coming up shortly, we would understand that in order for a baby to grow in her stomach, there needs to be a seed from a man in the belly, right? We understand this is basic stuff. So e, uh, sorry, um, Mary, Jesus' mother, never had a male touch her in that way. And so we might go, well, that's easy, IVF. There wasn't IVF two thousand years ago when Jesus walked the planet, right? And so, but here's the other cool thing to, to backpedal. I miss this. Jesus, um, I. Whether you want to believe him as your saviour, as your lord, that's another thing. Jesus was a real man that walked 2,000 years ago on this planet. That's a, you can't dispute that. Jesus was a real man. But the question we've got to ask, well, is he a real man that walked the planet? Or is he the God-man that wasn't half God, half man, but equally both? And I believe that. I believe God was equally man. And, equally, and I just believe what this book says. I don't believe it's fairy tales. I believe it's a historical account of the past. And it says that Jesus was born of a virgin. And so to believe that, that is a crazy thing. Because how does that happen? It's a supernatural um, working of God. That's And then the craziest thing as well with this book, the Bible, it doesn't just record Jesus's miracle conception. Someone's prophesied it hundreds of years before that. So it's like... Um, What's the chances of someone saying, watch, look, the, the woman, uh, a virgin's going to conceive and give birth. People are like, that person's lost their mind. Then it happened in Jesus. So the Bible tells us hundreds of years before Jesus, and then Jesus came. Then the second thing that's crazy about Jesus is that he resurrected he literally died and came back to life again. If you believe that, that is a radical thing. But disciples believe Jesus was born from a virgin and he was resurrected. Now, Jesus wasn't a zombie. Some people, we can watch zombie movies and people, the dead are alive. No, he wasn't a zombie. Jesus came back alive better than before. And it's crazy. We believe that Jesus was this sacrifice that removed us from our guilt of our sins. And so as that's what a disciple is. We believe Jesus came miraculously, died miraculously, and rose again miraculously. Like, I get excited about that. that. That's why Jesus is my Lord. That's why Jesus is my Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Anointed One, because of these supernatural things. Now that we've got that understanding under, under our thinking, if you can believe in Jesus, if you can be a disciple of Jesus, you can easily believe in creation. Like, it's easy. If you, if you didn't believe in Jesus, fair enough. Creation's effect is far-fetched. But if you believe God could do that with Jesus, I believe God could create the world. And so in the book of Genesis, as not uh, as Seth has up on the screen, it's going to tell us um, how we how God created the, the planet. And this is how I, as a Christian, this is what I believe. And so we'll, we'll you will read. Can see it's a bit hard to tell where it's bold, but where it's bold, can you read that with me? Alright, where it's bold, I want you to read it with me. You'll see it. Okay. So in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now read it with me. And God saw the light was good. Alright, verse 9. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. Read it with me. And God saw that it was good. Hmm. Verse 11. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant, the trees that grow seed-bearing fruit, the seeds that will then produce the kind of plants and the trees from which they came. And this is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and the trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants, and the trees of the same kind. Read it with me. And God saw that it was good. Verse 14. Next slide. Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on earth, and that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day. Can everybody say sun? Sun. And the smaller one to govern the night. Say moon. moon. He also made the stars. The Milky Way. (laughs) Then God sent these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And read it with me. And God said that it was good. uh, Verse 20. Then God said. Let the water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water. And every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And everyone said with me, And God saw that it was good. Verse 24. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal each producing offspring of the same kind. Livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and the wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, the small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And everyone said, with me, and God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. I'm going to quickly pause there. A lot of people want to talk about pronouns these days. God had crazy pronouns. We might, we might think God should be he, his pronouns. He had us, our pronouns. That's another story for another day because God's Trinity. He's not a, a single being. God's a multiple being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But that's another conversation for another day. But we see there, God said, let us make man, or human, sorry, beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. How did he do that? If we jump into chapter 20, 20. if we jump to chapter 2, it tells us, so verse 7, then the Lord formed man, Adam, from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into Adam man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So the way I picture that is, you get clay, basically, you create a human being, you put a, a funnel in its nostrils, and then boom, and boom, 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 Adam was alive, right? So that's how Adam was alive. Then we skip down to verse 21, and it says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Gave us the right kind of, whatever they give you at the doctor's, a, and then you, you get knocked out. Uh, Anesthetic, Adam's knocked out by God, and while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening, stitched him up properly, and then the Lord made a woman, Eve, from the rib, and he brought her to the man. So that's how, as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we believe creation happened. We believe God spoke a lot of things, and boom, his, his speech had creative power that created everything, then he wanted to get a little bit more creative with humans, And use dust and bone to make people. Back to then chapter 1, 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Then we're going to finish on verse 31. And say it all with me. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. Very good. So, if you're taking notes, what we learn out of the creation theory is, it was good. God saw it, it was good. God saw it, it was good. God saw Max, and it was good. God saw Noah, it was good. God saw the, the beach, it was good. God saw trees, it was good. Good, 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 good. But then, we are continuing the Bible, and we look at Genesis chapter 2, and shock horror comes in. The Lord God said... It is not good for man to be alone, but I will make a helper who is just right for him. Do I have any cooks in the building? Do I have any cooks in the building? Seth, can you give us those memes, please? I don't know if you've seen these ones before. I saw the hedgehog, nailed it, Uh, epic fail. Uh, The sentences in my head when I say it out loud, or the, the cookie... Monster cupcakes nailed it. We see there, people tried, but it wasn't good. Can anyone understand that? There was a great expectation, but there was a failure in the in the process. Now, my families have had some fails in the kitchen. My sister Mariah I tried to make this cake for my birthday one time, like some kind of sponge cake. Now, calling it cake—that's a bit of a stretch. It was like clay, and so. People that might know, Pastor Jimmy at church who, who runs our music team, he came over to what, give me a happy birthday. What, what else would what you want to do, I guess? And he cut out a piece of cake and then ate it because he just thought he'd help himself. Hey, he's, he, he reckons um, our family's a family place. So, and then he goes, uh-oh, was I not meant to touch him? i like, well, then you weren't really. So he literally just grabbed it and molded it back together like nothing ever happened. The cake was so weird, it literally just molded back into shape and you didn't even notice. So Mariah, good try didn't <laughs> quite nail it. Then my, my mum, right, she was getting heaps and heaps of cream from somewhere. So rather than saying, look, look, we can't eat this cream, she goes, I'll try and make ice cream out of it. So she found some recipe and she's making ice cream. Now normally, like, for us women in the kitchen we make something like a pavlova, you get rid of the yolks and you use the whites. Do I have agreement here? That's how you make it. So she's just got ice cream, like, um, Uh, Pavlova, white, same thing. She's reading the recipe and she missed the uh, part where it says, get rid of the whites and keep the yolks. She did the opposite. She used the whites and got rid of the yolks. And let's just say that ice cream was not pleasant. I can't even explain the sensation of it. You're eating it and it kind of like bubbles and grows in your throat as you eat it. It's the weirdest. It's almost like when you have that spray foam, it goes... When you're eating it, it, almost has that experience. Rather than just slipping down your throat, it's kind of like... <laughs> you want to do like some kind of underwater dance as it goes down. It was so weird. Mum had an epic fail in the kitchen. My dad had another one, right? So in our house, in our family, we have these things called sphingi. Now, you might be like, what the heck is sphingi? Every Easter, we have this tradition of... It's basically like a ball, but it's like a donut, but it's a ball shape that we... Um, you dip it in um, honey or you have like cinnamon on it and it's delicious and it's like a family tradition. So dad was making this massive double batch of sphingi one Easter and so he's read the recipe like um, five cups of olive oil, all this stuff, but he didn't read the thing right. The oil was for the cooking. And so he's mixed all the oil in the batch and just wasted all of this stuff because he didn't follow the recipe right. Now, now, all of that being said, when it comes to cooking and all that, we're going to continue on our journey of what we read. So um, for those that might get stuff from Ikea, if you're doing Lego, it's easy to see the picture, but sometimes we've got to follow the pattern. It's easy to see a picture, but we've got to actually follow the recipe, the the design, the manual, and follow it to get the correct results. If we don't follow the pattern, the, the design, the manual, the recipe, we're going to end up with that ugly looking hedgehog with the minty teeth smile, right? We don't want that. We want to follow the pattern to get the desired result. And so it says there that it was not good for man to be alone. Now catch this. This is so important. If you forget anything, don't forget this. God didn't make a mistake. God is making a point. I want to say that again. God... By God noticing Adam was alone, he wasn't saying I made a mistake. He was he did this to make a point, right? And so it says that. So the Lord God brought them animals. God brought animals to the man Adam to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper, just right for him. So Noah's just doing his job. a oh, big nose. Oh. Is elephant, um, frog, what do they have there? <laughs> frog, um, cat, dog. He's naming everything. What a cool job! Just that's that was Noah's job. Just strutting around. I call that uh, a cat. I call that a bird. I call that an owl, I call that a squid. I call that he just having the best life, f- making up words. This is that was Noah's life. And so then, um, so but. No animals was an adequate helper for Adam. So then it says in 22, so the Lord God made woman Eve and brought her to the man. Adam says, At last the man ex- exclaimed, This is one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why man leaves father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, man and now that Man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Hmm. So but to understand all this, right, God created relationship. God designed marriage. These were things created by God. And so the design, and it was his design and his plan. Adam was alone and that wasn't good. But God wasn't saying, I made a mistake. He did it to make a point to say, This is not God's best for your life. Your best isn't to be alone. That's not your best. God's design is the best. And so God designed marriage for one man and one woman. And so we can read stories in the Bible with men that have multiple wives. And we go, well, why is that in the Bible? And we see it causes pain, it causes drama, it causes trouble. And why is all that pain Drama, trouble, because it wasn't God's best. It wasn't God's plan. God's plan is for one man and one woman for life. And, uh, and so that's one thing we've got to understand. Another thing, God designed marriage for couples to be fruitful and multiply. What's that in our language? To have sex and have kids. That's what God designed man and woman to do. He designed them to come together to have, um, have sex and have kids. That is God's design. And so here's the thing. Kids are not a consequence of those activities. Kids are a blessing because of those activities. Our world says, oh, kids are a consequence. No, kids are a blessing from God. Uh, You are a blessing to your parents. You are a blessing on this earth because God designed you and had a purpose for your life. And another thing, God designed mothers and fathers. That is the best family unit possible. God thought the best... Um, outcome for kids is to grow up with a mother and father. Now, we can talk about the extremes of tragic situations where we hear where someone may no longer have a dad or someone may no longer have a mum. And you know what? I believe God can do something in people's lives despite that, but it's not God's best. Just because those circumstances exist, it's not God's best. God's best is to have families, dads and mothers that come together that have great kids and great families. That is God's plan. And so um, what is awesome too in what we read is that Adam was doing his job. As I was pointing before, we'll call that a hippopotamus. We'll call that a giraffe. We'll call that a zebra. We'll call that a horse. We'll call that a donkey. Adam's doing his job naming all the animals. He's not worried about a partner. He's not worried about a spouse. And God says, you know what, I'm going to bring to you the woman that you need. And I love that, that God made man for woman and woman for man to be a perfect thing. And I believe that when we live life pursuing God, just doing what God's asked us to do, he will bring into our lives a woman or a man of God that we need to be fruitful and flourish. And I, so it's not for us to be in high school going, oh, who's my partner going to be? Do what God's called you to do. And I believe God, like he had Adam's back, God's got your back and he's got your best in mind. So to finish off, back to recipes. Recipes, Ikea furniture, making that wrong, doing Lego wrong. We've got to follow the plan. We've got to follow the design. And so we might have the right ingredients, but the wrong sequence. Our world is full of it. People have the right ingredients, but they're doing the sequence wrong, and it's not God's best. And they have issues and problems. But if we go, no, I want God's best for my life, we've got to have the right ingredients and the right sequence. The other option is um, we might have the right sequence, but the wrong ingredients. But we want to we want to have the right ingredients and the right sequence to live in God's blessings over our life. And God can will let you live with the wrong ingredients. God will let you live with the wrong sequence because that's what God will do. But it's not his best. And so if we want to be disciples, and do dating right, we got to understand the design and understand that, God, we trust your plan for our life. We trust your way is best and believe that you can provide what we need to be fruitful and successful and do it well, that we don't be in our 30s and our 40s with baggage because we didn't follow the design, but we live with freedom and peace because we did what God was calling us to do. And so I want us to stand right now and we're going to pray that you can have God's best Over your life. So right now in this building, wherever you find yourself, I want I'd encourage you to close your eyes. And if that's if you're here saying, you know what, I want to, I want God's best for my life. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to have the wrong sequence or the wrong ingredients, but I want to do it well and I want to do it God's way. Why don't you raise your hand as a sign of saying, God I, include me in this prayer. God, I want your best for me. I trust your plan. I believe that I was created with intention. I would believe I was created uh, uh, deliberately. I believe that you created this earth and Jesus, as a disciple of you, I want to date well and Copy your design. If that's you, raise your hand and we're going to pray over this place. God, right now, you see these hands. God, I pray and believe that you would help them uh, understand what it is to your designs. When they have questions, when they have doubts, God, I pray and by faith that these seeds in their heart would grow and flourish. That as they press into you, God, they would be knowers. Uh, those Adams in their generation—they go, you know what? I'm not going to be worried about who my spouse is. I'm going to do what God's called me to do, and God, you will help me uh, bring the people in my life that is, I might, I might what I need to be successful. You're going to bring in the the man I need. You're going to bring in the woman that I need to live my best life. And God, I just thank you that they are going to be great mothers in this youth ministry. There's great fathers in this youth ministry that we see strong, healthy marriages come out of our youth ministry. That we're going to see great, healthy kids grow up from parents from this youth ministry because our youth ministry has decided it doesn't matter what the world tells us, doesn't matter what the world preaches at us, what our school preaches at us, we hear your design, God, and we're going to follow your manual, your blueprint, and we're going to nail it in a good way because we trust you. Amen.